The reason that our country is in the mess that it is in today is not because of the Republicans, it's not because of the Democrats. Let me tell you this, it's because of lame Christians. There is a reproach that comes with being a follower of Christ. We in America have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture. A church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with Christ. The church is a fortress, and a fortress is strength. A fortress is might. Not only a center of defense, but a place of strategic planning and offense. Our God does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us. He expects us to take up His banner and fight the darkness with His light. You want to know what the biggest problem with America is? The wolf is this country. Gave in. Gave in to public pressure. Gave in to political correctness. One of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have an encouraging subject to cover today, but first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platform in which you're listening to us upon it really sure helps the podcast out when you subscribe and you follow us. Take a look at our various social media platforms with all sorts of material that you can listen to and read. Check us out on our fan page on Facebook. When you type in the search bar, the at symbol Mighty Fortress 313. We also have a YouTube channel as well. You can be sure to hit that subscribe button and notification bell to help the channel grow. YouTube is definitely a full-time job, so we're releasing more videos as time progresses. You can also visit our website at OurMightyFortress.com. We have a host of media there, and you're going to find the articles and the videos and even a link to our merch store where you can help us support the work. If you do feel so motivated to donate to the work that we do here, feel free to do so through the website in the established PayPal link. If we have helped you in some way also, through our work, please tell us at OurMightyFortress at gmail.com. I'd love to hear about it. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss. Today, I want to talk about an inspiring and encouraging story of faith in the Bible. Sometimes we need a story like this. We really do need a story like this sometimes in the middle of the week that just helps keep our focus on what matters in this life. This story should be the example of every believer in Jesus Christ, and it centers around their faith. I want to analyze the story of a once hopeless woman who found her hope in pursuing after Jesus Christ. The details of the story does spell out a lot of our own lives and how we struggle at times to have faith in God's plan. It also shows us the faith needed not only to please God, but to get him to move on our behalf. I hope that you find this story encouraging, especially if you've had a rough week and that you can strive to walk with God. With that introduction, let's get right into this. We're going to first take a look and read this story, but 
as I read it, I want you to really think about the details that are taking place around uh, not only the apostles, not only with the woman, but also with Jesus Christ. Think about the different people involved and the types of things that might be going on in people's minds and hearts. Very fascinating. We're going to take a look at the book of Mark, chapter 5, and starting in verse 21, it says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all she had, and had nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in and pressed behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about into the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest a multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. We have a very powerful story. And we see the unnamed woman who had this issue of blood. We're not exactly totally sure you know what specific issue uh, she had there are many theologians and uh, commentators that have various opinions on this but either way it was potentially life-threatening and she had spent everything that she had on doctors of that time to try to heal her the scripture states that hey her issue had worsened and that caused her to seek after Jesus the first observation that we have to make is in verse 22. And it says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And quote, you know, this is one of the Pharisees from the synagogue. And this, this man named Jairus, he had come to Jesus hoping that Jesus would heal his dying daughter. Now, we do see a level of faith with this man coming to Jesus and asking him to come and show the healing. Now, I'm sure that this is not what he thought word for word, but essentially he's asking Jesus to come and heal his daughter. I want to make that a point of emphasis here shortly. The details of this story overall are very important. That's why I said think about the the surrounding details and see what kind of things stand out. It's not that Jairus didn't think that Jesus could heal his daughter. 
how many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees mocked and ridiculed Jesus despite seeing the miracles before him. I mean, for heaven's sakes, how many of them saw Lazarus raised from the dead and that didn't provoke them to worship Jesus? In fact, they wanted to kill Lazarus again and then kill Jesus, which that story utterly astounds me. If there be one person you would not want to mess with, just out of self-preservation, a man that had power over life and death, I would not want to mess with Jesus. But these guys were obviously psychotic. But what we see in this story is that this leader of the synagogue was actually not opposed to coming to Christ because he was desperate. Jairus did in fact believe that Jesus could make the difference to save his little girl. This was also a father who was essentially crying out to God for help. There's great faith shown by Jairus here, and God would show him mercy. Now, the contrast to this, that's not a part of this story, would be Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. This is a story of the Roman centurion who sent servants to Jesus, didn't even come himself asking him to heal his sick servant. The centurion had said that he's not worthy to have Jesus under his roof. You know, the centurion, he said, being a man of authority and that his orders are given and followed by his soldiers, that Jesus can just say the word and, he, and he'll know that his servant would be healed. Now, that's actually pretty astounding because Jesus would then say that there is not faith like the centurions in all of Israel. Now, this is a Gentile, by the way. That Jesus basically gave him a great commendation uh, in the word of God to be read by all of us about his great faith in God. Why would he say that it was great faith? Because he, he didn't ask Jesus to come and show. He just asked and believed. Now, this is not a slight against Jairus because, he, remember, he did have faith to come to Jesus. Being a leader in the synagogue and given all the, the other, you know, of his peers and contemporaries of that time. So, I don't necessarily want to knock him uh, for having the faith. And he was desperate, you know. But the faith of the Gentile centurion really moved uh, Christ to astonishment. And so would the next character in our story, which would be the woman with the issue of blood. Now, it's important to know that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, this is interesting. God especially blesses those who walk by faith in their life. And we see ex examples of this all throughout the scriptures. We also see the opposite of those who constantly need a sign before they do anything you know, for God. We find the two levels of faith uh, taking place in this story with Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. And God does move in both of them. But also at the same time, we see Jesus commending one over the other. This is important to note too. This establishes a pattern of how God views our cries for help because Jairus was desperate. So was the woman with her issue. Uh, both needed a healing to take place, but Jesus commended one over the other. There are many people who ask God to heal them or help them, 
but they don't have the faith in God to see it happen. Some can even try to make God a get-out-of-jail-free card while they want to live the way that they want to live. One thing to understand is that when your life is at stake, you usually care enough to do anything to save it, or uh, to save a loved one, even. This is also spoken by Satan himself before God when he was trying to charge Job. In Job chapter 2 and verse 4, it said that, And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. And quote, what is he saying? If a person is dying or about to lose their life, they'll give anything to save it. And that's very true. People will give up their whole fortunes to be able to live longer. This drive is so great, actually, that modern science is always trying to find ways to extend human life. And there's some stories in that. It's important to note, though, that God is not through with you until he's through with you. You know, I've, I've seen people given months and years to live and they outlive the deadlines, pun intended, given by their doctors. I knew one man that was given like six months to live and he ended up living two years, over two and a half years actually. For Christians, some trials are placed there by God for certain reasons and it takes great faith to get through them. Sometimes you're not going to know why you go through certain things until years later, and other times you never find out the reason at all. Just know that God does have a purpose for everything that he does, and he has a purpose for his people, but they have to walk by faith. As Jesus was on his way to the religious leader's house to heal his daughter, we then see the woman with the issue of blood of 12 years. Now, that's an important detail. 12 years she struggled with this. She's going to come onto the scene. She had heard about Jesus Christ and the power of God, and she sought after his healing. She did try doctors and the medicine of her time, yet her condition, her condition worsened. Think on this. God can be the last resort sometimes when we're in sorrow and pain. It's unfortunate that we don't look to God first. Now, don't get me wrong. God's given us doctors and those types of things to help us in this world, but it's a mentality. The first thing we should do is, is be able to pray to God, to turn to God, to look to God for help. And I, look, if I broke my arm, I would ask God to help it be healed. Not necessarily that he's just going to be some sort of puppet master and heal me, uh, but that when I go to the doctor, that the doctor would have the wisdom and also that my body would react appropriately, given that, look, even the most simplest of injuries can be life-threatening if your body reacts you know, way, in ways that it shouldn't react. There's plenty of stories where people go in for simple procedures and end up dying. So that being said, whatever takes place uh, that adversely affects you, our, our mentality should be to look to God first. Look to God for help. Have that faith. It's been said that, quote, it is a great piece of infidelity for men not to think of God in afflictions until they have experienced the insufficiency of human remedies, end quote. What is that author saying? Why is it? that we make God last when he should be first? Why is it that we look for help 
in everything but God until the very end? It's a pretty convicting question. Though the woman's condition had worsened, the woman understood that she had no hope. And she came to the end of herself. Now she chose to turn to God, Jesus Christ, for help. We have to understand clearly that God wants us to operate and trust by faith. No less than three times in scriptures, the phrase, the just shall live by faith, occurs. There are many who claim to be religious and they say, well, that's not what that means or they don't believe in that verse. That's you taking that verse out of context. Well, how much more context do you need? The just being Christians justified before God shall live by faith. <laughs> Pretty simple. Habakkuk chapter two, verse four, behold, his soul, which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God, revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Three times it is said, The just shall live by faith. It's very important. That's very, very important for us today. The woman had a real faith that Jesus could heal her. But hey, this was no casual faith. It was real. We do see her by faith being determined. By faith, a woman was determined to get to Jesus. Now think about this. Jesus had people thronging around him, yet she was determined to succeed. She kept saying, if I but touch his garments, I shall be made whole. Think about that. She had determination and perseverance. The woman was determined to reach Jesus no matter what the cost. Man's efforts could not heal her. She desperately sought to meet with God. Look, we can walk through this life trying to seek help from just man, but we cannot wonder why after seeking our help from the flesh that it tends to put us in shambles. We have to have a faith that is determined, not just faith in anything, but a faith and an obedience that God will do what he said he will do. Man's philosophy today states that we don't need God or his scriptures. So, well, what's the result of, of this philosophy? We have marriages that end up in divorce and families that are destroyed. We have a society that's addicted to just about everything around them, almost quite literally whether it's alcohol, drugs, pornography, entertainment, uh, and of course, the number one idol is self, <laughs> hence the selfie, right? <laughs> we have a society that gets broken down at every moral angle, and the moral depravity is just rampant. We can look to our government and say, well, if we just had the right politicians, well... Never has there been any government in history that's solved anybody's problems. Why? Because of the depravity and the sinful nature of man. You can make a law that states it's illegal to murder, yet that law goes unheeded all the time, even more recently. Do not drink alcohol and drive, yet we have thousands of people a year who die or cause other people to die in the U.S. who don't follow that law and, and hurt people. So 
We can't trust in man. We have to trust in God by faith. We have to. We must have faith. A faith that is determined. We must turn to God and he will deliver us from the condemnation of this life. We must put away this vain philosophy, this Western philosophy that man has the answers above God. Because obviously that's not true. All, this gotta do, all you have to do is take a look around you and you know that that's not true. Keep this in mind. This faith that God is asking of us is not blind. God has not, he's not given us a blind faith. He's given us plenty of evidence to establish himself as a creator. The Bible, for instance, for heaven's sakes, it's a history book. You can go through the Bible and see each of the events playing out all the way back to the flood. Now, you can see the results of the flood today, which is actually ironic. That's a podcast in itself. The secular world is starting to acknowledge the fact of a global catastrophe, particularly by water. But that's another podcast for another time. Now, even if you get to that bottleneck of the flood, you can see the evidences of the flood. And so you're telling me that I have to take that last, let's say, 5% out of 100 that God created the heaven and the earth and the, the, or the universe and the earth and mankind. I got to take that by faith because I wasn't there. Well, I can do that considering I can go through the rest of the word of God and have everything spelled out. Actually, and I do believe that's a greater condemnation on those who don't believe today. Given all of the information that we do have, <laughs> those who don't believe are going to have the greater condemnation. And that being said, it also makes you look at the faith of someone like an Abraham or a Moses. Well, even before Moses, think about it. Uh, Moses did see miracles. Take, take Abraham, for instance. God talks about how great his faith was for a reason. Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. They didn't have the apologetics, the Christian apologetics or <laughs> or whatever. They, they, they just believed God by faith. And not that there's anything wrong with the Christian apologetics of today. Well, well I guess there's probably a few things, but uh, just the overall knowledge and having that sh it should strengthen your faith in God. But it's about what you're trusting in. In our story, there's another very important detail that's often missed. I'm sure that the people who were thronging Jesus were determined to be healed. But the point was is that their determination was placed in the wrong ideas. I'm sure that the people who were thronging Jesus had even touched him. But the Bible doesn't say anything about them being healed. It's very easy to miss that point because the woman comes on the scene and the story, you know, the story centers around her. But how many people had touched Jesus and not been healed? It was the faith and determination in God that saved the woman with the issue of blood and, and uh, ultimately healed her. This was the shift of trust compared to the rest of the people in that Jesus was not only just some religious person, but that he was God and God alone could save her. Now, in verse 27, we see that the woman with the issue of blood sought out Jesus and desired just to touch his garment. Not even to touch him, like on his hand or his flesh anywhere, but just the hem or the edge of his garment. Think about that. Not even touching him, just his garment. 
she got through the crowd and just touched his clothes. Instantly, the issue of blood went away and she became healed. That's astounding. Think about that. I mean, if you th think about it in a human sense, if you had some sort of ailment, your first inclination would be, well, if I touched his hand or if he said something to me or whatever else. For her, she said, if I could just touch the edge of his clothes, I know that I'll be healed. That is tremendous faith. Instantly, she was healed. Now, Jesus immediately knew what happened and turned to the crowd and asked them who touched him. Now, now think about this. The disciples thought Jesus was crazy for asking such a thing because all the people were thronging uh, and, and touching him to try to get Jesus' attention. This is why they said, you see the multitude of people thronging around you and you're wondering who touched you? <laughs> I mean, put yourself in their shoes <laughs> or their sandals, right? Um, <laughs> people are touching him and then he turns around and says, who touched me? It does sound rather strange, but that question wasn't for them. It was for her. Jesus in verse 32 knew it was the woman and he looked for her. The woman fearing God because she knew what had been done in her came and fell down before Jesus and told him the truth. Jay Parker once said, quote, the Lord saw her out, not because he did not already know her, but because others did not know her. He would not have her lose the honor or them the benefit, which the manifestation of her faith and its success might yield. She was set forth as an example and pattern which might encourage others to come to the same almighty and exhaustless fountain of strength and love for higher benefits and more spiritual gifts. End quote. Jesus would then turn to the woman and say, Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. The woman came before Jesus in faith and was made whole. Now this same concept goes for anyone, even as a nation. Think about it. Because we have rejected God as a nation, we have all sorts of chaos that seems to only get worse and worse as the years go by. We've put too much faith in man and not enough faith in God. Now, don't get me wrong, America is definitely better than probably most of the countries that are in the world. I was formerly in the military, I've been to many countries, and let me tell you what, we're not doing half bad, okay? But in God's eyes, many of the things that we're doing here in America are still wicked. Imagine in America if she would turn from her wicked ways and seek God again. Our nation could be healed as well. God has worked through many nations in history and each has had its rise and fall. If America continues to spiral downwards, and it probably will, then we have to ask God in faith what he would have us do to make a difference. It isn't about getting into politics. Rather, it's about making a difference in the people around us. I want to propose to you that you too can be made whole spiritually if you are a Christian and you're already dealing with some issues, bring it to the Lord and he'll help you through them. Ask in faith. Whether you get healed or not, if you have a physical ailment, you can still have a peace that's brought about you that passes all understanding, as the scripture says. 
Sometimes we have to understand that we have to bear those thorns in the flesh, much like the Apostle Paul had to. Those thorns might be painful, but they do make us better before God. And I would definitely contend that sometimes the thorns in the flesh that we have to deal with aren't necessarily for us, but for somebody else. A quick example of this is that sometimes the suffering that we endure is specifically so that others might be blessed. So it's very important for us to have the right kind of mentality as we're going through that suffering. There's many stories like that, especially with the hymns of old that were written, some written in agony and, and sadness, but through that, long after that person is dead and gone, they are still uh, receiving rewards in heaven because of the blessings that they bestowed upon generations of Christians because of them writing that song in faith. I talk more about that in podcast number six with a purpose. If you're interested, take a look at it. Of course, if you are listening to this and you're not born again the Bible way, I do want you to know that you can come humbly before an almighty and holy God and be saved from your sin. God does love you and he wants to not only save your soul, but to be a guide for you in this life. Many in the past and present have taken this glorious offer from God to include myself. And he's turned our lives around and gloriously saved us. It takes faith and trust in God's promise to man that's going to make us whole again. There is but one thing needful for salvation. And that one thing is faith. Let a man only touch Jesus and he shall be made whole. God wants us to take a hold of his promise of eternal life. And the only requirement is that you turn to him. Many men can say that they believe in Jesus, yet they waddle around on their own sin. We have to believe on his terms and not our own. God is asking for us to step out by faith and turn to him for salvation. If you want to know more, please take a look at our podcast number five, or you can go to our website, uh, click on the link about us, and it says, How Can I Be Saved? I pray that this podcast has been a blessing. I pray that it's been an encouragement that in faith we can walk with God and in faith he will be with us. I want to thank you for listening and be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Please take a look at our website, ourmightyfortress.com and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content and remember to find your refuge and strength in our mighty fortress.